0: Welcome to Bible Q&A, a monthly discussion with Luther Seminary faculty about everything you wanted to know about the Bible, but were afraid to ask. I'm Cameron Howard.
1: And I'm Eric Breda.
0: And joining us today is Michael Rognes, Professor Emeritus of Homiletics here at Luther Seminary. Thank you so much for being here. You're
2: welcome. I enjoyed coming.
1: So we are tackling angels this month, and it's one of these... These figures that are all over the culture in ways that are both enlightening and not. They're all over Scripture. And you, uh, you were telling us, had become an accidental expert on angels. Tell, maybe tell us a little bit of that story about how you uh, got to thinking so much about angels.
2: Well, let me tell you when, how it first happened. And that was when, before I came to seminary, I was a parish pastor in Duluth. And a lady in our congregation had been, uh, had, had surgery. And was not recovering very well Mm. and we were really worried whether or not she was going to make it I came in the hospital one morning and she was smiling and really bright which surprised me Mm. and I said you know how's things going oh she said it's going just fine which again surprised me and then she said "Uh, if you promise not to tell anybody I will tell you something (laughs) I said okay (laughs) she said an angel came to me this morning Mm. oh I said and how do you know and she said had on a white robe and i thought okay this is a hospital you know
1: <laughs> there's lots of white
2: and but i didn't say yeah, i didn't say sure, anything sure. and then i said uh and what did the angel do or this person do said i was going to be okay said mm-hmm. don't worry you're going to be okay and then he left and i said you know being a skeptic i said how did you know it was an angel well she said uh, he didn't actually walk out of the room. He kind of fizzled out, and I thought a lot like Star Trek: "Beam me up, Scotty." Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. But anyway, it turned out she astonished everybody. All the medical personnel. She did got she got better really quickly. Mm-hmm. Left the hospital in a couple of days, mm-hmm. way soon. No, uh, you know, nobody had expected that. Mm-hmm. So, the angel was right. I mean, whoever, you know, surprised everybody. Mm-hmm. It always stuck with me, and then at seminary I preached a sermon once on uh, September 30th, St. Michael, the feast day of St. Michael and all the angels. Hmm. I said, why me? Well, because your name is St. Michael, so I preached. Well, anyway, (laughs) so people uh, people asked me to talk about angels here and there, and uh, so I announced a lay school of theology here at seminary, and a whole lot of people showed up. Huge interest in angels, so... Ever since then, one thing led to another, and I end up to be, much to my surprise, authority on angels.
0: Well, yeah. help us understand what is an angel. What are the characteristics? Yeah, that's
2: a good question because the, most people think angels are h- superhuman figures dressed in a white choir robe with great big wings. Right. Oh, and a halo. And a halo. Add <laughs> it's a settled. halo. We're done. Yeah. With the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Add a harp, maybe whatever, and of course that's now true in the Bible. An angel is a messenger of God. An angel is a being that comes and either delivers a message like uh, the angel told Mary she's gonna have a baby, et cetera, et cetera, or guardian angels, and then there are the avenging angels, the ones that destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But it's they're, people don't recognize angels right away, and all of a sudden, they appear out of nowhere mm. and uh, do God's work, mm. so, and a lot of people think that angels are sort of uh, independent beings that are romping around doing stuff. Well, they're not, they, they do God's work. Mm. And in the Bible, the word angel and angel of the Lord Virtually interchangeable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of funny ideas running around in popular culture that just aren't in the Bible.
1: Yeah, these books are popping up. Uh, you know, it's, we could do this podcast ten years ago, ten years from now, and we'd still have these stories emerging out yeah. there and, and, and stories that uh, there's something I think in the culture where people want some sense of of comfort, some sense to know that they're not alone, some sense that they're uh, they're protected, that they're shielded from. Uh, forces in this world, and I think angels then become a way for them to think about that. Um, yeah, wh- where do you think some of these feelings come from or where these fears come from? Well, we way?
2: live in such a secular world, and uh, I think people long for any connection between uh, whatever is out there, up there, the kingdom of God or whatever, and angels are are the beings that uh, come back and forth and there they are some connection to the uh, the bigger world the bigger universe kingdom it's, of god it's or whatever striking
1: that we we want something numinous something beyond yep. this world yep there's a hunger and for yet, that and yet the biblical witness seems to be that a lot of these angels look a lot like us or they, they yep. you know it's hard yep. to figure out that they're not mm-hmm. from around here that the only way we recognize their help is when they take the form of ordinary people yep.
2: mm-hmm. yeah we have a uh, uh I belong to St. Anthony Park Lutheran Church right across the street from the seminary because we live nearby, and they were installing stained glass windows, and they have 12 stained glass windows, so they have to figure out what should we put in the 12. They decided the first four would be Old Testament. So what should we have in the Old Testament? Well, we have to have creation, got to have Abraham, got to have Moses, got to have the prophets. Didn't have room for the kings, apparently. So they <laughs> Anyway, so there is the Abraham window, and the Abraham window is the three... Uh, uh, angels that come to Abraham mm-hmm. in Genesis 18. The interesting thing is that in the Bible, in the, in the text, it says three men appear to Abraham. Mm-hmm. And he says, it welcomes them as lords, which is a you know honorific title, but it's not for God. Abraham, they were three men. Right. But our stained glass window, if you look, it has little wings behind them. Uh-huh. First of all, they're dressed in white, which a lot of them are, but they have little wings. So there's a little, uh, uh, the artist took a little liberty on that. Uh-huh nice thing about that picture is that uh, if you look in the background, there's a wee little picture of Sarah peeking out of the tent, which <laughs> is in the story. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think the story of Jacob's wrestling, we often put an angel there. Jacob wrestling. with an yeah. angel. always, Right? But the who that person or is it god you know is very ambiguous in the text
2: and yeah um, it says a man wrestled with jacob and at the end jacob says i wrestled with god mm-hmm. and it's not until way back in the old testament hosea says right he wrestled with an angel mm-hmm. that's where the angel appears huh. but that's centuries later yeah so who knows
1: so are they still around or i think so i think yeah. How so do we
2: know? here's what happens here's what and this always am, this amazes me when I talk about angels, usually in adult form, okay, and um, and I will often end with that Hebrews verse that uh, show hospitality to angels because you might be entertaining angels unaware. Invariably, somebody will come up to me afterwards mm. and say, I'll tell you a story. Mm. Mm. And they tell me stories of uh, people that have appeared to them and have helped them out or told them something. I mean, that's what angels do. Mm-hmm and then they disappear. No other explanation whatsoever, and they want to know, is it an angel? Well, who could be? Mm -hmm. How am I I supposed to know? But, whoever appears, does the work of God. Mm -hmm. Somehow delivers a message that saves them, helps them, delivers them, whatever. Mm -hmm. I've heard so many stories about these. I wish, what I should have done is got people to tape record these stories, Mm -hmm. write their names and address, Mm -hmm. You know, get them notarized or whatever and put them in a book, but I haven't done that.
0: I was asked once what the difference is between a prophet and an angel if both are messengers They're of both God, messengers. mouthpieces. Yeah. And one way I tried to explain the difference was to say uh, that prophets are usually human beings and angels divine beings. Do you hold yeah, that distinction? Yeah. Or
2: Yeah, well, that's, yeah that's true. Although, you know, the prophet Malachi... He's a messenger. That's what the word means. So prophets deliver God's message, and uh, angels deliver God's message. Mm -hmm. But uh, prophets are clearly human beings, and angels are, you know, angelic beings. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I sometimes wonder, too, if uh, we so often are are in the culture, our interest is to how do we spot angels? What do they look like? Where do we find them? Um, I wonder if some of these texts are also driving us in a different direction to imagine how we might— uh, not become angels in kind of the literal sense and yeah. that we might have these angelic functions yeah. among our neighbors that we might be those persons that uh, people encounter and my question later was that was Cameron was that was that Cameron I met was she a person or was she an angel right because it 's less about i think uh some sort of sense of ontology about being yep. and more about mm-hmm. what they what do. they do, right. Yep. And you mentioned before we started that the first uh, the first angel, who the first angel in the Bible was. They usually trip people up with this, right?
2: Yeah, I always enjoy asking that. The first, the first angel in the Bible, and people start to think, it was the cherubim. It wasn't the word angel. It was the cherub at the Garden of Eden. It's in the Genesis first one 3. I thought of, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> the first one. But the actual, the word angel, uh, the first one is with Hagar, mm-hmm. Genesis chapter 16. And here's what's interesting about that story is, Nowhere in that story do Abraham or Sarah ever name her. She is always that slave woman. Mm. Mm. You know, what status does a slave have in those days? Mm. Nothing. That, that slave woman, if you go into that slave woman of yours and have a baby, etc., etc. Mm. It's not until the angel comes and the first word the angel says in the text is calls Hagar by name, Well, gives her status.
1: Which is really striking that it's less about some sort of big supernatural event. Of this yep. angel, but the simple act of calling somebody by name yep. is itself a message from God that says you're cared for. You're, if some, God knows yep. your name.
2: Mm-hmm. I had a man come to me after one of these sessions and say uh, that his son had gone through a period of terrible addiction, addiction, mental illness, whatever, and gone through a lot of treatment. Finally, in a treatment center, some woman took a real interest in him and spent a lot of time with him and really was the one that rehabilitated him. And the father said to me, She was an angel for us. For my son, she was an angel. Did God's work.
0: Now, sometimes God's work, at least in the Bible, is not all happiness and light, right? I mean, I think about um, my favorite angel story, and one of my favorite stories in the Bible is in Numbers 22, Balaam and the talking donkey, when the angel of the (laughs) Lord appears with a sword in his hand in the road, ready to slay Balaam, the the seer, right, who ought to be able to see this divine being, but only his donkey is able to see, and his donkey then saves him, uh, because she is able to see. So, um. Yeah, a great angel story. But also, you know, the angel uh, with the sword is another image yep. of angels we get in yep. Scripture. And said,
2: if you hadn't stopped, I would have had to kill you. Right. <laughs> in the text.
1: Yeah. 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 there's a sense that, you know, that that God is both a God that names us and calls us by name, but also a God that is, uh, there's a sense of justice. These avenging yeah. angels that you yeah. talk about, um, whether it's in the book of Revelation or elsewhere that there's a sense in which there are forces aligned with God ready to intercede and and do God's justice as well. Mm
2: -hmm. Another one of my favorite stories is in Genesis 24 when uh, Abraham sends his servant to find a wife for his son Isaac. Mm -hmm. Abraham assures him, "Your angel will take care of you, will lead you. And uh, the servant gets out to the relatives of Abraham and assures them, the angel has been leading me. So, but nowhere does the angel ever appear. Nobody ever sees huh. an angel in that story. Huh. They just say, well, angel's doing the work, but I never
1: see him. Huh. And maybe that, that's a good uh, a cure for some of our uh, angelology that's going on today that we are trying to always identify them by what, what they look like instead yep. of looking at what they do. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Michael. Really appreciate it. You're
2: this. welcome. I enjoyed being here, I the topic.
0: Thank you for joining us on Bible Q&A. You can find more information at enterthebible.org. Join us again.